0: Kia ora and welcome to the Creative Matters Podcast, where we have inspiring conversations with New Zealand artists. I'm your host, Mandy Jakic. These conversations are intimate, uplifting and insightful. The guests on the show have absolutely enriched my life and I'm sure their stories will have the same effect on you. Thank you so much for joining me to listen to these amazing people speak about what drives them, the way they work and their personal takes on life. Hi, and welcome back to Creative Matters. Thank you very much for joining me. This is another episode in Season 3, which is generously supported by Creative Communities Scheme in Auckland. This week, I'm speaking with Olivia Asher. Olivia is an emerging multidisciplinary artist currently studying at Auckland University's Elam School of Fine Arts. In this episode, which is a little bit different to our usual episodes, Olivia shares her experiences as a second year student at Elam. We talk about how the school is set up, the application process, the papers and electives offered in different semesters, the recording and assessment systems, the critiques, what she finds inspiring and challenging about studying at Elam, and what her goals are for her future. Olivia's art practice currently focuses on the process of making, rather than the resolved image. Exploring her own vulnerability, she allows her materials to dictate their outcome. Her subject matter blurs between whimsical and melancholy, often creating abstracted and figurative windows into her serene and flamboyant world. Morena, Olivia. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm really well. Thank you. Thank you so much for coming out here to um, join us on the Creative Matters podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm it's excited. Really nice. Yeah, it's great to meet you. And you were recommended by Elam School of Fine Arts mm-hmm. to come onto the podcast. So you come well recommended. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, it's gonna be kind of a little bit different this time with this episode that we are talking to you as an a student at um Elam, mm-hmm. which is at the Tamaki Makaurau School of Fine Arts, which is connected to Auckland University. Yeah. Um so it will be really interesting to talk to you about your journey so far. You've had two years at Elam. Yeah. And um and then also obviously your practice and um and your goals for the future as an artist and all that kind of stuff. Yes. So, yeah, yeah it will be really interesting, I think, for um, people considering Elam, you know, at any age, Yeah. just in general, very interesting. I haven't done a degree in fine arts myself, yeah. so it will be really interesting for okay. me to find out more. So we'll be talking about that and then we'll say something about you as an artist too. So that's really interesting. Cool. Looking forward to hearing all about you. Sounds good. Okay, so why don't we um, just, for a starter, hear mm-hmm. a bit about um, your journey towards getting to Elam? So you're now twenty eight, mm-hmm. so you are probably what they call a mature student. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I'm a mature student, yeah, which is really funny. But uh, yeah, how did you actually get to that point?
1: Um, well, I think I I knew it was always something I wanted to do, study fine arts. Um, It was always just kind of looming in the background, I guess, when I was a lot younger. Uh, It's not really kind of a degree that your parents are like, yeah, do this, it'll make so much money. It was always kind of like a lofty idea, like, oh, I really like art, I'm good at it. Do I really want to invest this time and money into it? So I kind of, yeah, just put it on the back burner for a while and did the life experience. Thing and, and moved around to cities and and worked a lot. Um, but I would always kind of draw and, and practice art on the side. Uh, but it was actually lockdown, COVID-19 in 2020. I was in Melbourne. We had a pretty tough lockdown um, and I just decided to just make every day. And that kind of forced me to really reflect and be like, okay, Do you want to be working, doing this job that you're not that excited about? Or do you want to pursue something that you genuinely care about and could see going somewhere? So that's kind of what happened. And then I just applied to Elam at the end of 2020 uh, and moved over here beginning of last year.
0: Mm, Wow, so exciting. Well well done for taking the the leap. Yeah. Yeah, that's very exciting. I'm really glad. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've got so many questions to ask you. So I'm really keen to know how you actually how how that actual application process works. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
1: So it actually changed. Uh, I think probably the year that I applied was the first year that you didn't need a portfolio, which really surprised me a little bit because leading up to the application, I was painting and drawing and making. build a portfolio and i Mm. I had it all ready and i went to the application i was like oh this is strange like there's usually a bit where you can upload the portfolio and then i emailed um emailed through to the school and they're like no just send it just send through the like the application you don't need a portfolio Uh, if you want you can send it through this
0: email we can take a look wow um and i did. Yeah, you don't you didn't need have to, to do it. And is it an it. application form that you just fill in the actual form? Mm-hmm. Do you have to have another sort of accompanying letter or
1: um, CV? I think I did because I am technically class as a mature student, and I don't have all of the high school qualifications to immediately um, grant me into the into the school. Uh, so it was just like a few questions, basically, like why why do you want to do this? Um, and some, a little, little skill things. Like what do you think, what support do you need to continue to do this degree and how
0: would you seek that and that, that sort of mm, thing? Yeah. That sounds amazing. Mm. And did you have to kind of talk about your practice and, you know, say, say what your practice is all about at this point? At this point, no.
1: At this point, they I think they just want to know that you're keen that you're keen to learn and, and be a part of it mm. rather than define what
0: you make and how you make it. That's really interesting. Yeah. And why do you think they are not asking the, for the portfolio? Um, I think
1: from what I've heard, many a lot of people say different things, but it used to be really hard to get into Elam. Like they used to, you know, it, not everyone was guaranteed entry. So it kind of created this exclusive reputation. Um, I don't know why that changed suddenly. Maybe it was because of COVID and they realized how how restricting it was or, you know, a lot of international students couldn't come here. Um, It could be a a money aspect of, like, getting more students in meant that they could get more money essentially. Um, I also thought maybe it could be an inclusive thing Like you don't necessarily have to have this amazing portfolio or be incredibly talented or have the skill to kind of pursue art or what they want you to pursue, I guess. Mm. Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes it more accessible, which is good. That's a good thing. Yeah. And not everyone who wants to go to art school has already developed those skills. Yeah,
1: totally. Yeah. Yeah, I think they kind of – Yeah, basically wanted to open up and say you don't have to be an artist to go to art school, which Mm. I don't think you do need to be an artist to go to art school. Mm. Why do you think you don't have to be? I don't know. I guess it's good to to make like the way that they make you think at art school or the way that they can influence you and kind of the things that they teach you could be applicable to other things. But also you might want to be a curator or an art writer um it definitely allows you to appreciate art and understand it which i think i've learned a lot from going there
0: yeah so i wonder if if certain people in the community especially possibly old school you know maybe older people yeah. who did go through elam and had it was a sort of more difficult process yeah i wonder if people think that it had more value and A better reputation then when it was kind of being, you know, the applicants were being vetoed so much.
1: Yeah. I think, I think that's that kind of, that's still there, that thought thought pattern. And I definitely thought for a while, while, um, that yeah, might devalue it a little bit um, just because it was less exclusive and anyone could get in. But in saying that, I don't think that really matters. I think that's it's what you choose to do in that situation or mm. environment,
0: and what you yeah make of that. Yeah. yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because it did have that sort of elitist feel in, in a way that you mm-hmm. know, and a lot of our best New Zealand artists went through them. Yeah. Uh, You kind of wonder if if the standard becomes lower, if they don't have a certain standard that people have to be at to get in. You know, it's just a really interesting conversation, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's definitely been a shift at Elam from that elitist kind of mentality to perhaps more more inclusive and just, Mm. yeah, having to reflect on what they were as an institution. Yeah, and what they could be going forward because so much has
0: changed. That's right, and I think it's fantastic they're doing it because that's to me it's a it's a great thing. Yeah, yeah, and I think it is moving with the times. It's a more yep. mo- modern approach. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear from listeners what they think of that idea.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: of uh, being more accessible. Yeah. So once you got in, what mm-hmm. happened then? Um,
1: well, COVID happened. Uh, it was planned to be on campus in the first semester last year, but I think there was like a, a sudden outbreak maybe in no, I think that was Delta. There was a sudden outbreak and we just had to be online for a little while. Uh, But they had planned that. So there was a little exercise or a smaller um, assignment that we could do online remotely. Mm. And that was fine. It was, it was strange seeing everyone on zoom I think art school is incredibly difficult to do remotely and on Zoom in any kind of situation, Um, but it was good. The first – once that kind of little exercise or assignment was over, we just went straight into it. The sculpture was the first first four-week block. So like in the first year, they really – get you going through yeah. each it's a really quick turnover like okay four weeks of sculpture four weeks of painting and then you have photography
0: printmaking wow performance yeah so this feels like a dream to me I would love that <laughs> oh my yeah. god I really feel like I need to go to art school myself <laughs> so what you know for people who are considering art school mm-hmm. how does that feel are they are they just actually Exploring sculpture sort of in a quite a holistic kind of way, or are they just purely teaching you skills?
1: it's more uh less skills, more conceptual kind of understanding, and there's definitely a brief like for sculpture i had never made anything I didn't know what to expect. I was a little bit like, oh what <laughs> am i is this is this the right decision uh but we focused on, like, the materiality of, of whatever we were using. Um, so dirt, sand, um, they really encouraged using found objects and, yeah, that kind of approach. But it was more understanding what can be done with a material and how you can exhaust it mm. and what that means. And they they definitely suggested readings and, you know, artists look at. They were very, like, very encouraging. Um which, which was good, I mm. think, especially for first, first years yeah. um, and for people who are, are a lot younger, you know, straight, of, straight out of high school. Um, I think that's good to have that kind of mm. supportive environment.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And were they starting to then introduce right from the beginning sort of how to speak about art and were they – were you actually exploring different artists and that kind of thing, looking into? Work?
1: Yeah, yep. So there's three kind of modules or three papers that they have you that they get you to take in the first semester, and one of them is you know exploring different practices like sculpture and painting. The other one is kind of inducting you into every area of ELM. So you have like the metal workshop, wood workshop, you have photography, all of these different resources. And then there's a third one where it is um, context about art. So you learn about different artists, what kind of what it means. It gets you to explore how they kind of – how do I say it? Basically how they came to be. You learn a little bit more about the history of of modern art and contemporary art. Mm. Yeah. So it gets you writing about it. So it's basically like a technology paper – the practice paper, and then a writing paper
0: that they get you to take, yeah. Which is really, it's a really great thing for an artist to know. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Although that can be, I imagine, daunting for some students.
1: Yeah, I think at the start it was like, okay, cool, yeah, this is a lot. Um But I think like anything, you know, once you are in there for a few weeks, around peers, asking teachers questions. Mm. You kind of get
0: the hang of it. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you find the other students? Where, I mean, you're a bit older, even mm-hmm. though you're still young. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's the funny thing about that mature word. Yeah. Um, how did you find the people that, you know, in your, in your year? I mean, mm-hmm. I just heard from another artist today saying how her cohort, you know, the other students in her year that is what she gained most from being at mm-hmm. Elam. mm-hmm. How do you find the students?
1: I think they're great. The students are really, really great. I have, I have made some great friends. Um, I think I definitely, maybe not consciously, kind of gravitated towards people of my own age group or like a little bit older um, just because I think there is that level of maturity and kind of understanding of of who they are and what they want to pursue. But the students were great. Really some amazing artists, incredible talent, and just like bouncing off ideas and kind of everything that you want in in an art school. The Mm. students kind of create that hum and you want to be there. Like if I'm in studio, it's always nice when there's someone else making because we're basically just hanging out making art,
0: Yeah, which is great. That's so good. And after your the other work that you'd done leading up to being at Elam, mm-hmm. did you sort of feel like, oh, I, f- I found my place, I found my people? I
1: think so. I think, yeah, I didn't really surround myself with a lot of creative people prior to being at Elam. Like I definitely had some friends that were artists, but it was never a fully immersive environment of – being around all of these people who have different practices
0: and mm. different ideas. And if you think back to yourself just when you left high school, mm-hmm. were you – I mean you said you had always wanted to yep. you know, pursue your creativity, but how do you think you would have been at 18 at Elam compared to 28
1: uh, or 26
0: when you started?
1: I definitely – I would have been a little bit more naive Uh I probably wouldn't have taken advantage of all the resources that were there. Um, in what way? I mean, like you have access to studios and from seven till eleven p.m. at night, and I kind of prefer making at night a little bit, so I do spend a lot of time in the studio quite late. Um, you have, I guess, access to hmm. Just, I think, more so the actual studios themselves, like this, the ceramics. Even if you're not doing a ceramic course, you can still put things in the kiln. Like Even if you're not doing printmaking, you can still go up there and talk to Steve and ask him some questions. There's all all of the technicians you have access to. If you want to pursue something outside of the papers that you're taking, you can do that if you really want to. And I think if I did that when I was 18, I probably would have been really shy. Mm. And I probably wouldn't have been comfortable enough to kind of do that and pursue those things, mm. whereas going now as an adult, having life experience, um, I feel confident in, in asking for what I want.
0: Yeah, I can imagine yeah. it would be like that, yeah. And how, how do you think your 18-year-old self would have handled the the conversations and, you know, the talking – conceptually, I've always thought for Mm -hmm. someone just out of high school would be quite hard. Yeah. I think – I mean, I definitely would have stepped up to the challenge,
1: but I think I probably, from my own personal experience, um, would have struggled a little bit, kind of understanding these concepts. But now, I don't know, now it just – seems to come a little bit more naturally it mm, makes more sense
0: yeah it makes more sense and do you feel like you know your life experience or sort of anyone's life experience and kind of getting out there after high school mm-hmm. out of an institution yeah. and, and living a normal life do you think that that is a big plus for Elamart students or or do you think it depends on the person i think i think both i think
1: it depends on the person um and i think it would benefit a person as well to even if it's just like one year, just like a gap year, just take some time off from, from learning because you have time to reflect on what you kind of want out of your life and what matters to you. Um And I think because I spent so long out of high school, I was like, there was always that recurring thing of like, ah, okay, this matters. I know it matters, but like, when is it going to be the right time? Yeah, I think it depends as well.
0: Mm. Mm. And I guess you've got a bit more stability, Financially, possibly, yeah. if you um, have done other things. Yeah, Makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so good. It's really fascinating. I, I actually have never been to Elam, so I don't mm-hmm. really have a picture in my head. Okay. But what would you say, you know, how could you actually describe the school? The school.
1: It's at the bottom of a hill. That's probably the... The worst part is that you have to to get out. You've you've got to walk up a hill. <laughs> um, so there's two main buildings. Um, there's the Mondrian, which has kind of most of the the workshops. So you have on the bottom level metal wood. Um, you have ceramics, and then across the way you have the foundry, where you fire everything, and you have all the the metal equipment and. And that. But then back in the Mondrian, so the bottom level is all the workshops. And then it's just studios up from there. Like the next there's four floors. The second floor and the third floor are basically all studios. And then the top floor is studios and also the printmaking workshop. So you have that as like completely decked out with everything
0: you could think of printmaking. And you can access those whenever you want. Pretty
1: much, yeah. As long as there's a technician there, which is like nine just your normal Business hours like yeah. nine to five or nine to four. Um, and then in the main building, you have the office, the little adjacent um, uni gallery, Elam Project Space Gallery, uh, and then also more studios. There's a lot of studios uh, and the photography kind of area. So you have the dark room, a lot of little dark rooms, um, the shooting space of like digital photography. And I think that's it.
0: Yeah. And is it do you have a natural studio space that you get allocated of your own? Or no. do you go whichever one you feel like being in?
1: It kind of changes. So since the degree has kind of changed in structure, they've the studio space has kind of changed along with that. Um, so it depends on the paper. Each paper has like a designated area of where their studio space is. So you could end up having two different studio spaces. Right. Like if I'm doing, let's say, painting one of those papers and I'm doing printmaking, I would have two two separate areas where I can make work for that specific paper, mm. if that makes sense.
0: And yeah. how do you actually decide, you know, can you talk us through the papers and how mm-hmm. many you need to do and what, what kind of yeah. things they might be?
1: Uh, So the first year, you do have your mandatory ones in the first semester. Um, And then basically from the second semester of the first year to the first semester of your third year, it's all electives. So you have the 15-point papers, which are all uh, technology-based. So you're learning more about the materiality and the skill of of the medium. So, for example, I did ceramics last semester and we were just learning about different building techniques and kind of what you can do with the clay rather than applying a conceptual idea or practice to it. Um, so you have those and they range from, yes, from sculpture, painting. I think some – What's the other ones? Uh, there's like weaving, stonework. There's a whole range and there's usually like two papers that match – um. Each. And when so, you say
0: paper, what do you actually mean? What does that actually mean? So like a course. A course. Yeah. So and then a, do you have like an exam at the end or yes. something you have to produce?
1: Yeah. So you have your – yeah, I think because art school is art school, you don't really have any exams. It's just more so like assignments that are weighted more than the other. So one could be like 60% of your grade and one could be 40%, but it's all – um, internal grading. So there's no, you have to sit in a, you know, do the whole exam thing. There's none of that,
0: which is really good. That is good. And yeah. then with the practical that the things that you're making, is mm-hmm. that what gets assessed? Pretty much. And yeah. is that linked with writing?
1: Yeah. So you basically have to document everything that you do throughout the assignment. Say if the assignment was four weeks long, every little thing that you do and every discovery document, put it into what we call a workbook. And just kind of like your notes about it and research that you've done on artists or material or trial and errors, you know, things that didn't work out or did.
0: My God, that just sounds like heaven. <laughs> it is quite good. Yeah, I do like it. <laughs> what What do you find most inspiring about the course?
1: Um, I think I really do like the physical making. I think I I find that kind of all of it really find that really inspiring and then just doing research about artists I love learning about different artists from different countries or even from New Zealand and ways that they've approached you know different materials it's really fascinating yeah yeah
0: totally oh my god I think I need to go <laughs> <laughs> you're really inspiring me
1: just talking about it there's one more paper the so you have 15 point papers and then there are 30 point papers which are more conceptual based so like I did one it was um, identity in the self so it really explores like identity politics and and gender and all of that and you can apply really any medium or practice that you want to like if you're a photographer you could explore that in regards to this idea that the paper is about or you could Sculpt, you can kind of do whatever you think fits it best. Oh, wow. Which is really cool as yeah, well. Yeah, that's
0: so good.
1: Yeah. So you yeah, basically choose two years of electives.
0: Mm.
1: You you build the the degree that you want, which is why we don't have majors because you can explore anything that you want to. Yeah, which yeah. is
0: great. And so you do call yourself an emerging multidisciplinary yes. artist. Do you think that that would have come without going to Elam, or do you think because you've got all these opportunities, you've kind of become that kind of artist? Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: I don't know. I think I always wanted to do a little bit of everything. I definitely didn't want to limit myself to only painting or doing ceramics. But I think from going to Elam, it definitely encouraged me to not stick to one medium. Like, mm. I, I want to, even now,
0: explore more and other ways to to make (laughs) yeah and how do you find the relationships with the technicians i mean is it there's technicians and then Mm -hmm. there's lecturers Mm -hmm. is that right yeah and how do you find the relationship with with them and and what do you get from that connection
1: um i think the technicians are good if you if you have specific questions about material um like I always ask the ceramic technician, Frank, about like, what happens if I use this glaze on this, you know, specific work? What happens when it fires? Will it create like a bleed or I always have these weirdly specific questions. Um, but they're always there to just help. Like, I don't know. We can try it though. Sometimes they won't know how it'll turn out, but they're, they're there to support you. And the lecturers are great. I love the lecturers, yeah.
0: And what are their roles? What, what do they do with you?
1: They kind of guide you and they definitely ask questions, which is not a bad thing. They, they want to get you to think about what you're making and why you're making it. Like what would happen if you did this to, to this work? Um, yeah. So I think the questioning is really good, but they're there to just also to guide you, but more in a academic way sort of
0: way Mm. yeah and is there any time where you actually go back to that more traditional lecture Mm -hmm. sort of um format and and where they actually speak at you and you take notes
1: yep yeah uh one of the papers that in the first year that you have to take is it's all lecture based you go into the the rest of the university where everyone else studies other things um and you just Yeah, it's a typical kind of university um, lecture theatre. Yeah, you're sitting there. There's the board at the front. Mm. Yeah. And how often does that happen? Um, I think – well, for this paper, it was happening once a week for the first semester. Um, But then there's also a little um, lecture theatre at Elam, um, which is less traditional on the bigger scope of the university. Uh, But you – I think it depends. It depends on the lecture. Like I would always go there when we started a new project because it was just easier to have a PowerPoint explaining everything that needs to be done and kind mm. of the approach. So maybe a couple times a semester beyond that first kind of mm. semester of, of the lectures.
0: And how do you find that form of learning?
1: Um, I definitely prefer hands-on, um, but I understand that that, has a place uh yeah yeah i definitely find it a little bit harder the traditional way of, of it learning down and yeah, shut up down and listen pretty much yeah
0: yeah it doesn't suit everybody's way of learning no mm. Mm. but i guess it's got its place in a way yeah and you know people talk a lot about the critiques and that kind of thing the assessments at Elam. mm-hmm, Elim. mm-hmm. Can you explain how that actually works and what it's for and how it feels? Yes, the the crits, the
1: crits at uni, at Elam. I've definitely heard some stories of people crying after crits. Um, It's just there basically to not analyse but review what you've made. And they put it out to the rest of the class, being like we, you know, get feedback from your peers about what you're doing. Most of it is supportive, which is great, but, I mean, because, you know, it depends how much a person can can take on that specific day. Not everyone's up to hearing that their work needs to change or be better. Um, but I think I've definitely benefited from it, I think. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting concept, but it's important because it makes you reflect not only on your work but on other people's work. Um, and how does the actual sharing work? <laughs> it's you basically – it's just like a classroom. You just like
0: talk or – You show your work and, and you talk work. about it?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Like we might go around in a circle if, depending on where you are in the in the studio space. You talk to your work. Um But what what kind of your ideas, what you're doing, where you're going. And then I guess, yeah, everyone else contributes and what they think. They do and they they don't have to as well to contribute. Mm. It's entirely up to them.
0: Okay. So Mm. do you ever find that somebody sees something who doesn't really necessarily know what they're talking about (laughs) <laughs> and it might come across quite negative, you know mm-hmm. I mean the, you're opening yourself up to lots of different personalities, mm-hmm. yeah, and that could be quite destructive potentially, yep for some people yeah, how do you find that
1: um well, thankfully, because I'm a little bit older, I have a thicker skin, so I don't yeah. I, I know not to take things personally,
0: yeah, and that must be a huge advantage. Yeah. I think 18-year-olds coming out of school would find that quite tough.
1: Yeah, even contributing to the conversation that we're having, I find that it's definitely the, the people who are a little bit older that do have enough confidence to say, hey, this work is great or have you tried thinking about this? It's definitely, yeah, I guess it depends on the person. But in that environment where you know that it's not, no one's personally attacking you, mm. saying, hey, I don't like your art. It's, yeah, definitely not that approach. But I would say if I was probably a little bit younger, I would take it a little bit to heart. I'd be like, okay, wow, I spent all of this time making this work and none of my peers have said anything positive about it. Yeah. But that's never the case, but yeah, I think I would have, yeah. Because, I harder. mean,
0: your work is, is so personal yeah but then I guess it's a it's a mindset isn't it like you're there to kind of develop your ideas and mm-hmm. develop your practice and totally and you can just take on all this stuff as a thing that people might say to you but it's yeah. informing your practice but you yeah. not necessarily going to change what you do yeah
1: exactly you could listen to everything everyone has to say and just be like well I'm gonna do it my way anyway mm. but thanks for the feedback
0: yeah. Yeah, but that is a personality thing too, how you yeah. how you can receive that. Yeah. And do you think people get better at that at receiving it as time goes on? Absolutely. I think also, um, you get better at
1: critiquing critiquing other people's work as you go on. Uh, even if it's just, you know, spending time with the same cohort and becoming comfortable enough with the person to, to
0: share ideas with them. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. think it's definitely gets easier getting to know different people yeah and and having that trust i guess Mm. would be helpful yeah it's really interesting and then how do the assessments work through the three years um so kind of the same for each paper you
1: there's probably a few different assignments for each one um and that's that's pretty much it you just Basically, you get given an assignment, You're like, "Hey, it's due in four weeks. This is it." Each assignment, though, you know, you start with one that will eventually add on to your other one. Like, it informs the future assignment that you're doing. So you're not just like studying one thing. Okay, that's done. Let's start something new. Yeah. Like it, it
0: it's always a development.
1: Yeah, it's a development.
0: Yeah. So it's quite interesting, isn't it, that it's gone from four year a four year degree to three years. Do you know yeah. when it was actually changed?
1: Um, I think it was the year that I applied where that was the complete cutoff. I think the year prior is when they were on the cusp of changing Mm. and uh, a few of my friends in the year above me had the option of, you know, doing the old degree, which was four years or doing the three, three year degree, which from what I've heard, they did kind of push the three year degree to get it done Mm. essentially over with. Yeah. Um, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, and do you feel like? I mean, I guess it's hard for you to say, but I just wonder if it's if you're going to be getting less out of your degree mm-hmm. one one year less. Yeah,
1: I think well, definitely at the end of this year, I'm, I'm knowing that I only have one year left. I'm like, is there enough time for me to explore new things? Um, which now I I understand why people do postgrads. Yeah, do you have more time to. Yeah, explore your practice.
0: And so the postgrad, that gives you an, one more year mm-hmm. and you come out with a master's. Yeah. Is
1: yeah. that right? I yeah. think it's yeah, one year or a year and a half, three semesters, I think. I and think it so depends,
0: yeah. with Elam, could you just mm-hmm. continue and say, I want to do a postgrad and you just carry on doing what you're doing? From what I know, yes, I think so. Which sounds good. Yeah. yeah so there could, is that option. There is yeah. that option,
1: totally. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's something I would do or if I would take a break, potentially even apply to a study at a
0: different school. Mm, Not to say that Elam isn't great, but. Different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Experience something else. Yeah. That's a really good idea, actually. Mm. It's a nice mix. Yeah. And I'd like for the podcast, I'd like to talk to other students of different art schools yeah. in, in um, New Zealand. Yeah. Because, um, you know, different perspectives of different schools would be quite interesting mm-hmm. i like that idea of doing a thir- a fourth year at another school
1: yeah i kind of do as well even if it's in new zealand or potentially overseas yeah just somewhere else yeah
0: totally it would be amazing yeah yeah and so you're in your second year now, mm-hmm. and just finishing up, or have you yep, finished? I finished with the year. Wow. All well done. done. Thanks. <laughs> That's why you can be here, probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you actually had a show, which you called um, Waving Smiling, mm-hmm. which I love, the title. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you tell us a little bit about that, and then I think we can go back and you can describe the kind of work that you're now making. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, so the show Waving Smiling. Um, I was given the opportunity to kind of have my my own show. Um, I wanted to kind of make as much work as possible just so I could have the option to display all of this different kind of work. Um, I definitely used the opportunity to explore, which is really something important in my practice is discovery, exploring new things and not always, but constantly finding new ways to make or making new revelations. Um, so this show was basically the exploration of different materials with textile. Um, I use a lot of color as well, which I love. Um, I think not, there needs to be more color. I, I think in New Zealand art, um, yeah. So I use spray paint, pastel, um, soft pastel, all, all of the kinds of paints, oil, wash water, acrylic, um, and working with different textiles. Like I worked a lot with chiffon fabric, which I found really interesting and cool
0: because mm. it just
1: kind of creates itself in a way. Once you apply the paint, it warps and changes. And, you know, the more water that you put on, the more it's likely to to bleed. Uh, and then I used a lot of curtain material, all of it recycled, all of it from Trade Me, funnily enough, uh, and velvet. Yeah. All of that. And then I have always wanted to paint figurative work, but I had every time that I tried, I'd, you know, be like, this doesn't look like how I want it to look in my brain. It's, it's not translating. Um, so I would always give up, but I figured why not do it for this show. Um, and I really kind of pursued it in a way that I wanted to, um, in terms of, it was abstract, you, you could still tell that there was f- figures, it was playful and whimsical, um, kind of f- funny in a way, humorous, which I think is really important. Um, yeah, it kind of just gave me this opportunity to make whatever I wanted to make without it being graded as well, which yeah. I thought was really important. Yeah, Because there's always that looming you know, thought of, okay, do I meet this aspect of the rubric Will this get a pass? Yeah. Yeah, that's,
0: that would be quite refreshing to step yeah, away from that.
1: It definitely was. And then to have peers and, and teachers come in and look at it
0: mm.
1: was really good. I felt yeah. quite exposed a little bit, but it was really nice, yeah. That's
0: brilliant. And that's over and above what you're expected to do in your second year.
1: Yeah, this was completely se- separate. Like I was making all of this work on top of assignments. Yeah, that would have been huge. It was huge. It was very stressful for a little while, Um, but the reward was pretty phenomenal Mm. of just standing in this huge
0: space, looking
1: around, seeing all my work, and like, wow, I I did this.
0: Yeah, that would be incredible. And it's a very cohesive um, body of work, Mm -hmm. isn't it? it? Yeah. It feels cohesive, but it's using quite a lot of different materials. Yeah. Yeah, which is really nice. Yeah. And were you happy with the curation? Yep. Yeah
1: cool because you only have a week you have monday and tuesday to install So you you basically got two days to figure out where where everything is going and you know get the lights in the right spot and you do that yourself i did that myself yeah
0: wow i think one one
1: friend helped me on the first day because i was just so overwhelmed i laid all my work on the floor i was like i don't know where to start Mm. just just to help me put things on the wall to get it kind of flowing a little bit
0: That's quite a lot. I mean, that's a whole other skill, isn't it? Curation. Yeah. (laughs) Big time. Mm. Yeah. Great learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely was. And how (laughs) did you find, how did you actually hang your, um, the chiffon and that kind of thing?
1: Well, uh, with the chiffon, I kind of stapled it to frames. So, like, I repurposed frames, essentially stretched it on the back of that. So it was basically already hung, so I would only need to hang it from the frames. Um, but with the other material that was loose, um, I did it in different ways. Some of it I just nailed straight into the wall. Other ones I, I hung quite like two corners from a string up, up quite high in the ceiling.
0: Um, it definitely varied. Mm, yeah. Beautiful. Which is nice. And can you tell us the ideas behind this work Mm -hmm. or this this body Mm -hmm. of work, this this exhibition? I mean, they have some amazing titles like I Cannot Control You Unless I Undress and I'm Too Pure for You or Anyone. Mm -hmm. So is this a very personal show? and, Or if so or if not, Mm -hmm. what are you commenting on? I think... I think all of the art that I make is really
1: personal. Um, It's just kind of like a relationship with myself and I'm expressing it and essentially creating a relationship with my work. Um, The titles often come from what I'm listening to at the time when I'm making or poetry that I'm reading. Uh, Yeah, they kind of derive a little bit from that. Um, And it definitely comes – retrospectively like i'll I'll finish all the works and i'm like okay it's time to name them now and then that's a bit of a process in itself you know figure out like finding lyrics or your poetry or things i've heard in passing or things that someone has said to me i've created a list of potential name titles um for future works and kind of figure out what fits best to you know the visual Mm. yeah
0: so you're not sort of It's not – you're not trying to help the viewer to understand the work necessarily.
1: No. That's really cool. Yeah. Because I think titles can – I don't know, it's just like a fun way of putting words to something visual that doesn't necessarily have to connect, but as soon as you put it next to that or with it, it instantly creates something, a relationship between the two.
0: Mm. Yeah. And it makes the viewer think. You know, the viewer is still kind of thinking, oh, okay, what's this – how does this connect with this, yep. uh, which is interesting in itself. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. another way for the viewer to connect. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Even though it might not be the best clue for understanding <laughs> what you're thinking. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And do you actually, I mean, have you written like an article or any say to go with that or a, a description of, of the exhibition and the work within it?
1: Mm. No, I haven't. I think I would like to. Um that was the plan was to write a little essay alongside of that but because i was doing it all myself it was just too much work mm, really unfortunately
0: yeah. it would be on top of all the other work that you were doing yeah so why do you think your work has that sort of whimsical almost childlike feel from this exhibition anyway mm-hmm. this selection of work and that sort of you know as you mentioned earlier that a bit of um humor around it yeah. where, where does that all come from uh i think it
1: it definitely comes from childhood and wanted to kind of keep that playfulness going because i believe sometimes especially in fine arts it can just get so serious and just so like macabre and heavy. Uh, yeah heavy and although like some of the things i do depict all oh, like girls crying or you know that kind of thing when i kind of fit it with or combine it with playful colors it does make it humorous and I think I just want to continue that and make it make it fun and playful and enjoyable to look at even though it might not have come from a completely enjoyable place you know like or or applying a new narrative to perhaps memories or bad feelings all of that kind of stuff if Mm. that makes sense yeah yeah
0: Yeah. and it's fantastic that you've had that opportunity to actually create a body of work Mm -hmm. like this on top of what you've been doing at elam yeah and so where do you think you're going to go from now with your practice into your third year
1: um i want to take a break (laughs) because i feel like I've, i've made a lot this year um i am actually a part of a group show which is opening next weekend um, in Auckland, Auckland City. Uh, So I've submitted some works for that that the curator will will figure out. But after that, I will take a break.
0: A nice long summer holiday. Yeah. Sounds good. And then next year Mm -hmm. at the actual study, do you start kind of refining your practice and working towards that final grad show? Yeah,
1: yes like even now I've I've started thinking about what I could potentially do for the capstone which is a while away but I kind of like to get, a, get ahead of it but mm. yeah you will I will start figuring out what it is I want to be doing
0: yeah and then where do you see yourself going at the end of your study and and can you see yourself actually becoming a full-time artist or a Mm part-time I ideally would like
1: to have a a full-time art practice but also have a part-time job if that's possible I think I know who friends who are full-time artists and it seems like a great gig but also having that kind of structure which isn't always there when you're making art you can be up to like 2am painting but having that regular structure being a part of society and is kind of nice as well so i think having you know your mind to just focus on something else is really important when you are creating because otherwise you just get so consumed by well i do personally just constantly thinking about like new ideas like lying awake at night like okay if i apply this to that how can i you know Mm. this might happen yeah so it's nice having a little disconnect between between different aspects of your life yeah can be mm. a
0: nice balance yeah absolutely as far as you know your your making mm-hmm. after you've left university are you wanting to I mean do you see it as part of your career to be connected to one particular gallery or a dealer gallery or do you like the idea of artists run spaces or creating your own spaces how how can you see at this point that you know how you'll show your work in the mm-hmm. future or is it too early to say i think
1: um definitely not too early to say i like the idea of both i do understand that there, there is a place for both you know dealer run galleries um that being represented by one would probably be beneficial you know because they have the client list and just having that platform to be able to show and kind of guarantee that you'll always have a show each year for as long as they, you know, have a contract. But I also really love Artist Run Space because it just feels a little bit less finance, less business, more fun, more about the conceptual art and the creativity and what can come from it in terms of community. Um, So maybe both feel like really greedy, like I want to do it all.
0: Mm. Yeah. Which would be great, but then there's some some dealer galleries have restrictions on yes. what else you can do, yeah, which that's is the downside. a whole other podcast, which mm-hmm. is what Scott Laurie actually mm-hmm. kind of touched on in his his podcast episode. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, it's interesting and tricky. I don't know, I think if i I definitely not closed off to either of them. I definitely want to explore both of them at some stage in my career.
0: Mm. Yeah. And where can you see your actual practice heading? Do you feel like this what you're what you've started mm-hmm. with this current show mm-hmm. that you've just done waving, smiling. Mm-hmm. Can you see that kind of just being the basis of your practice overall or can you see it moving away from that or developing from that?
1: I think developing from that. Um it was definitely a good start, and I'm grateful that I had the opportunity to explore that. I definitely think it informed my practice a lot. Um, but I think that's just the start. I want to develop more, and I've been playing around with ceramics and, yeah,
0: see where I can go. So when it comes to the business side of art, mm-hmm. which can be a tricky one, did Elam actually support you to figure out how to run a business as an artist?
1: No. In short answer, no. I mean, like if you if you went to some of the lecturers or technicians and had questions, be like, hey, I want I want to sell this work. How would I go about that? They would definitely help you. And maybe in the my last year, that they might touch more on that. I'm not I'm not sure. But up until now, there has been no real discussion
0: and there's there's no papers no around business there's there's creative
1: careers and exhibitions I haven't done the papers but those kind of base more on curating and and being that kind of part of the art community rather than making um yeah they kind of tend to focus more
0: on the actual making rather than the money business side Mm. of it Which is interesting, isn't it?
1: Mm,
0: I mean, I I would have thought they've made these changes to keep up with the times. Yeah. You'd think that they would think actually artists need this kind of information as well because it's a huge part of of making a career out of visual art. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's quite surprising that you can go through university and not touch on that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, which makes me wonder if other universities, if that's even other art schools, if they even – do talk about that yeah well it'd be interesting, interesting to know yeah yeah
0: and that's why i think it would be really interesting actually to have conversations with different mm-hmm. um students from schools but also possibly talk to actual people who work in these yeah. environments and in these institutions would be actually super interesting as well yeah yeah, yeah. so maybe you could find somebody <laughs> for me
1: to talk to I'll scout out some, <laughs> some people <laughs> yeah
0: but it's it is interesting that it's not a focus because mm. it's such an important part of what an artist does yeah and so many artists don't feel equipped
1: totally yeah even if it's not a paper or just like a workshop
0: mm. or getting business people in to yeah to say you know to give some advice or yep. some guidance yeah no
1: it's just yeah. they just teach you how to make and then send you off and say good luck <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah pretty much it's yeah it would be a great addition, wouldn't it?
1: Mm, I think so.
0: Mm. And how do you find the marketing at the moment of yourself? You use Instagram. As your I do. Main- yeah.
1: Yep. Um, yeah. I think it Instagram definitely has its its place for marketing mm. um, artwork. Um, it's helpful. I think a website, which I'm currently making, would also help just to have a place where I have all of my work because I like to create so many different things in terms of like writing and making. I just want it all in in one spot. But also I don't know how to do that. Mm. So it's teaching myself new, new things or like helping asking friends to help me um, create these new platforms for me to sell myself essentially. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that again, that would be great. A great conversation to have at art school. Totally. How to create a website. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think people who've been to fine art school do have that advantage in a way that they've kind of learned the speak a little bit, Mm -hmm. or learned how to sort of think through and vocalise, verbalise the practice. Yep. So, Olivia, yes, (laughs) you're in your second. Come, you've just finished your second year, which is amazing. Mm What would you say to your younger artistic self at age 18 leaving Mm -hmm. school? Mm
1: -hmm. I would probably say don't stop making. Like you still have this dream of going to art school and it doesn't have to happen straight away. Just wait, keep making, do what you're doing basically Um, and – you know, things will happen when they're meant to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, at the right time. Yeah. And what would you say to somebody considering going to Elam? It could mm-hmm. be somebody coming out of high school. Or it could be someone in their 50s.
1: Yeah. Uh I would say do it. If it's something that you genuinely want to pursue, um, it's great. I've really enjoyed the past two years. Um, I'm glad that I went to Elam. Um yeah, I would highly recommend it.
0: Oh, brilliant. Well, thank you so much for coming today, thank Olivia. Thank you for having me. And it's been really interesting to hear more about Elam. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I definitely would like to talk to people from other other schools yeah. just so we can, you know, compare. Well, not compare, but, you know, (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, thank you very much for sharing with us, and I wish you all the best with your art career. Thank you. And I'll be watching and coming to your shows. Please do, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's been fun. It has.